Welcome to This Week in Jacksonville Business Edition. I'm Kent Justice. This podcast, we focus on economic development in the River City and then throughout our region. And so joining me today, H. West Richards and Joe Testa. They are from the American Transaction Processors Coalition. And our topic is Jacksonville and the future of the fintech industry in our region. So, uh, West, why don't you begin for me? What, maybe explain to some folks out there, okay, what is the state of fintech? Maybe even define terms. Fintech, I think financial technology, but it's maybe broader than that. Uh, yeah, so, um, uh, you know, our organization, ATPC, we, uh, we represent the payments industry, which is a piece of the fintech industry, which is part of the financial services industry, right? right? Um, uh, you know, fintech uh, supports, you know, all the... Uh, uh, bits and pieces of financial services. Um, so, for example, um, uh, you know, fintech can uh, sort of help banks uh, connect uh, into uh, payment systems, uh, connect directly to the customer. Uh, you know, you have, in, you know, insure tech which is uh, uh, related to fintech, uh, making uh, you know, insurance products uh, easier to use for, for the consumer and so forth. So fintech's a really broad term. Right. It's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, technology supporting financial services at the end of the day. That's really what it yeah. is. So Joe, I'll put you on the spot here. So what is the state of uh, the fintech industry, I guess, in the Jacksonville area? Is it growing? Uh, is there opportunity here? Well, across the country um, and really around the world, but led by, uh, I think, a lot of American companies, financial services is innovating, it's growing, it's exploding all the different um, opportunities there are today for consumers to connect with merchants um, and for financial institutions of all kinds to be a part of that value chain. Jacksonville is a hub, uh, and I think a, an increasingly important hub of the industry, which is why we're here today. You know, what brought you to the, uh, the area? What has, um, uh, I guess, an impact from your uh, coalition here of, of being able to uh, interact with the folks in, in Northeast Florida? Well, like, uh, like Joe said, um, Jacksonville is a very important hub. Um, what makes it so? <clears throat> what makes it a hub of or an important component of? Um, there's a, a, a large number of fintechs yeah. that are here. Okay. And um, there are some significant payment industry players here uh, that operate on a global scale. And I'm not sure that <clears throat> Joe Average uh, knows that. And that's, that's part of why we developed this. We've just been doing our podcast here on this topic since October. And I think part of that is, boy, there's a lot of information people would <clears throat> really be impressed to know about. This is certainly one of those things. Matter of fact, we talk about workforce development on our podcast. Uh, what do either of you see that is encouraging in terms of uh, businesses concerning the workforce here in Jacksonville? Well, you know, a lot of times payments is one of those things people don't really think of it as an industry. They don't think of it as a business. They think of it as just a utility. You go, you yep. pay for something in a store or online, what have you. You don't think about the work that goes behind um, performing that transaction. And there are 
tens of thousands of people uh, in the United States and um, yeah. a disproportionate number here in, in certain hub areas, including here in North Florida, who are responsible for making that, um, that work happen. Yeah, and uh, on the face of it, you, you mentioned the payment process. I'm thinking like point of purchase. I'm, oh, okay, I'm going to get my debit card or the, I'm going to put it in. It's mm -hmm. going to be red and there's going to be a processing that happens. But it's, it's far greater than that, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, uh, a lot of ones and zeros moving around the world really <laughs> fast. Uh, and when you uh, dip or swipe or, or tap your card, uh, it's remarkable uh, the, the steps and the various gates that that transaction has to go through. And uh, it's, it's an ecosystem that has grown over the last 60 years uh, that is extremely complex, but works very well. So, West Richards, a little of my research here. So, 25 years uh, career, both public and private sector, and, and part of that was Capitol Hill, uh, right. House of Representatives. Is there a federal regulation component of this that, that probably plays a factor in what's happening in the industry? Oh, sure. Of course. Uh, the, the industry is, uh, the payments industry is highly regulated uh, in general. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, 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 in the payments industry, the players involve the banks, the network brands, and the processors. Uh, and uh, there are rules for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. More rules coming, probably, because uh, there's another coming. day ending in Y coming That's right. soon. That's right. Uh, definitely wanted to uh, just talk a little bit more. Um, one of the topics that I was just corresponding with your team about was uh, the future of stablecoin. So <clears throat> maybe somebody explain to me stablecoin and why we're concerned about that. Well, um, I'm, I don't know if I'm, I'll have to turn to Wes to help me uh, with some of that subject matter, but I think I do want to pick up on one point that he just made sure. or that you just asked him about, about yeah. regulation. You know, regulation is, is um, I think you made it sound a little bit like kind of a necessary evil. We actually embrace regulation because it helps establish the rules under which the industry can flourish and grow. So I just wanted to kind of make that point first. And, and so the, the point you're making is it's not, it's going to hold us back, this regulation. Not it when gives it's us a chance to... Not when it's to... sensible and well thought out and consistently applied. So ideally at the federal level, but it happens at the state level too. And we work hard to try to share good ideas among the states and try to promote uniformity and workability because ultimately it's consumers and merchants who are trying to get together and who will benefit from a flourishing industry. Is everybody in the industry kind of approach it that way, or is that, um, is that we do. hit and miss? We sure do, okay. um, and on behalf of our members. That's we awesome. try to promote good, thoughtful, consistent regulation. Yeah. All right, so which one of you wants to educate me on this stablecoin topic? Um, so stablecoin is, uh, you know, uh, associated with uh, uh, basically digital currency, right? Um, but unlike crypto, it, it, it attaches value to the fiat currency. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's attached to how the dollar, for example, operates. Uh, but it's all digital. Um, and a lot of, uh, a lot of states are, um, you know, looking at stable coins, um, and how that would impact the regulatory frameworks. Should it be uh, deployed? 
the, uh, the U.S. Congress is looking at it. Um, you know, uh, there are members in the House, in the U.S. House and U.S. Senate that um, think that it's, it, you know, that its time has come, right? Wow. Um, but there are others who disagree with that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it could be a very efficient uh, way to move money around. Um, but there, you know, there are those that are concerned about cash going away um, because a lot of our population relies on cash. Yeah. And not everybody's plugged into the digital economy yet. Right. Right? Yeah. So it's, I'm thinking 30 years ago, working on my master's degree, we used the theory of the diffusion of innovation as, as part of the thesis. And it's just natural. Some people are going to embrace that new thing. And some people are going to say, ah. And this, this is exactly what I'm thinking about with uh, cryptocurrency or the stable coin you're talking about versus cash. And this is what I know. Maybe that's a barrier, but it certainly seems like it's a challenge for the industry if you want to take those steps forward in that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So um, how has FedNow impacted payment transaction processing in North Florida? Uh, I'm not entirely uh, versed in FedNow, but how has that made the impact? Well, uh, you know, uh, FedNow as it stands uh, is... We really seems to be focused on B2B transactions, so business-to-business -business transactions, uh, and making that more efficient. It's less uh, business-to-consumer, okay? Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know it's, it's something that our industry is, uh, you know, watching very carefully. Uh, you know, the government has rolled it out. Uh, the government's getting in the payments industry a little bit, right? Um, uh, but it's still in the, in the early stages. Uh, and, um, you know, so, some of the concerns are around, um, uh, you know, uh, security, um, around the transactions. Uh, but all those kinks will be worked out. Well, yeah, that security topic, because so many times the headline is just the negative one about something was not secured yeah. properly or... Yeah. Uh, abused or, or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, before I wrap up here, what's the future of contactless payments? And uh, again, this is just something we had talked about with the team. Hey, this is a, a big topic for what we're leaning into today. Yeah, well, so it's interesting. You were talking a moment ago about how, um, you know, it takes time for consumers, for, for uh, <laughs> participants in a market to, to want to embrace change, right? Yeah. Well, we just went through a major global event right in the last couple of years, the pandemic, yeah. that um, really kind of shocked or forced the system to really appreciate the value of contactless payment and electronic payment, which was not, uh, uh, it, it was not a happy thing. It wasn't a happy reason to have to go through that. That's for sure. But it really did sort of <laughs> jolt, I think, uh, the marketplace to um, embrace and to keep a lot of the benefits. So obviously we're not hoping for another global disruption or global pandemic like that, but it goes to show that sometimes if technology gets kind of a push in some way, that it will be readily embraced. Mm -hmm. yeah, the, it, the adoption mm -hmm. happens. Yeah. yeah. It, is that something um, that the industry has to help some of those slow adopters? get more comfortable with this is what, this is going to be good for you hey you can do it i mean there's got to be some yeah, encouragement there right sure
Sure. Yeah, I think it's both. I think it, I think everybody has a stake in that. I think you know electronic yeah. payments are a lot more secure. They're a lot more. They're a lot less prone to um, tax fraud. They're a lot less expensive than other forms of payment. So government likes those things. Consumers like it because it's easy, right? You go to the supermarket, you can pay with, you can pay very yeah. quickly without as much friction. You don't have to worry about forgetting your wallet, all that yeah. sort of thing. And merchants, of course, like to open up all kinds of channels to do business, right? So the value is there, but sometimes, of course, obviously it, 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 it takes some kind of push to get people yeah. to want to invest and embrace yeah. change. Well, I, I appreciate the connection to pandemic and what that meant because you're right. Uh, yeah. People, well, we had to adapt in so many different ways, but this is certainly one of them as well. You know, speaking of the pandemic, and I've I, I made this point uh, when we've been up on Capitol Hill and various state legislative bodies, you know, there were really three industries that helped uh, America power through the pandemic. And one was healthcare, of course. Yeah. Two was the telecommunications industry, right? They had made the investment in data centers and technology and fiber optics to make it possible for people to work from home, okay? And the third was the huge investment that our industry made in e-commerce and, and uh, the infrastructure around online payments. So when the pandemic hit, March 13th, 2020, on March 14th, everyone went from doing physical payments, right? at the store to yeah. online. And yeah. it was seamless and somewhat flawless, that transition. And it helped us get through uh, yeah. the, the, certainly the early stages of the pandemic. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, uh, it was American tech. And, uh, and not only did it sustain our economy, but it helped sustain the economies of that? people around the world. That's a great point. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, American leadership and innovation uh, played a huge role in sustaining everybody through that pandemic. I want to end uh, uh, just focusing a little bit more on Jacksonville. Uh, what are the big opportunities or threats to Jacksonville's status as a leading market for payment processors? Well, I think Jacksonville um, has a lot going for it already. As Wes was talking about, there's already established a little bit of a hub here, a, an important and growing hub. Why is that? Well, you've got certain attributes, you've got a great workforce, you've got um, some good physical infrastructure, you've had a good cooperative um, relationship with state and local government that has wanted to feed uh, that growth. So hopefully those things will continue and I, I yeah. say that they, that they yeah. uh, very well might and will, I hope so. And, and I would add in the academic community is now uh, looking at workforce development and uh, fostering talent uh, for the industry. That, that's good leadership on the academic side when they're saying, okay, what does our community need? What, what are the businesses in our communities need? How do we need to train these students right. before they go out in, into the marketplace? That's right. uh, maybe final question. Businesses, they continue coming to Florida. They continue coming to Jacksonville. Uh, what needs to be done, in your opinion, to make the region's future sustainable? You want to take a crack at that? <laughs> well, I mean, I, you've seen all the growth around Atlanta, so yeah, I feel like I you're have. kind of an expert. I, yeah, I, uh, um, I think, um, well, personally, I think Jacksonville needs to double down on, uh, on this industry. Um, How would they do that? Well, um, I think uh, one of the ways is to, uh, to educate and communicate uh, more with the folks in Tallahassee about the opportunity that exists 
to, to grow this industry here um, and have a, a real conversation about, you know, incentives. Um, I think that that is one certainly big thing that can be done. Uh, and continuing to uh, encourage this back and forth between industry and the, uh, uh, you know, the academic folks on how to, you know, better educate the, the workforce and continuing education. Um, these are the things that fuel uh, the industry and, and uh, the, the, uh, the growth. Yeah. Joe, final word on that? Payments processing is a growth industry. It's a good, clean, green industry. It encourages and celebrates uh, diversity and economic opportunity. These are all sustainable characteristics, um, which I think gets to uh, the point about sustainable growth here in Jacksonville. Yeah, I appreciate it. This is, so I knew uh, I was going to learn some things today. I knew it was going to be educational for me. Uh, certainly was. So H. West Richards, Joe Testa, the American Transaction Processors Coalition, thank you so much. And for each of you, thanks for watching or listening today. And we are constantly working to bring you more interviews just like this, focused on economic growth in our region. You're going to find more episodes right now, uh, including on News for Jacks Plus. Thanks for joining us for This Week in Jacksonville Business Edition.